If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Skincade and Breaking Ridge on New Stock 770. Just uh, moving things around a bit here. So we're going to uh, move up this uh, segment we're planning to do later in the hour. Uh, so we've got uh, producer Andrea Montgomery in studio with us. We dragged away from, I don't know, whatever, something else that was going on. But yeah, here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Andrea, welcome uh, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, by the way, for all your hard work that you do in producing our program every day. Oh, you're very sweet. Thanks for letting me sit behind a red mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- well, this is an interesting thing because um, just sort of sitting around in conversation, putting the show together one day, you came up with this really interesting question, which was... Well, I don't know if everyone thinks it's that interesting. Well, Um, It wouldn't be on the radio if it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What happens if you donate your body to science in Alberta? Was my question, because I got my license renewed and I got that form, Mm -hmm. and um, the registry agent wasn't able to answer it, of course, because he's like, hey, I just do licenses. I don't know about cadaver research. Okay. Because if you you donate your organ, you're donating it to, to somebody who would need that organ, right? We all understand that side of it. Right, absolutely. So, because you get this form now, right, where you get the choice of where you can kind of pick and choose which organs go where. You can decide between transplantation and science research, and you can also choose which ones, right? You can go heart, lungs, cornea, and all manner of bodily things. So I was curious about the last option there, which was I choose to donate my whole body to science and research in Alberta. And at the time, I just kind of ticked everything, and I went, "Eh, I'm not going to need it anyways. But, you know, a few weeks later, I'm still wondering about that. Is this question based on some hope, though? Like what you're hoping for is that you will end up in a laboratory where people are working to cure diseases? or, uh, Or do you feel like maybe you'll just be sort of this this cadaver that gets trotted out for the most rudimentary, um, you know, medical class lessons. And, and there's a difference in those two to you. Uh, you know, oh, that's a tough question. I'm not sure if there's a big difference in between the both for me. It was more so just the thought at the time. All I had to do was check a box, sign a form. And I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to need it. Someone else may okay. need it. So in whatever shape, form that I will, will not be concerned at that point. <laughs> All right. Well, this is interesting. So you've put together this documentary for us. So, so what should we learn by the end of, of listening to all this then that, uh, it, that, that we know, hey, this is definitively what happens to your body or are there still some questions lingering in your mind? Uh, you know, if there's any questions left over, there's these frequently asked question forms. But I think a big part of the first part of the documentary is how to register properly because it turns out checking that box and signing your name isn't exactly registration for that kind of donation. All right. Well, this is uh, our producer, uh, Andrea Montgomery, asking the question, what happens to your body when you donate it to science? I 
I went to renew my license a few months back and was asked if I wanted to register to become an organ donor. Albertans have had the option to sign up for the Provincial Organ and Tissue Donation Registry at License Renewal since June 2014. The Ministry of Health says 183,000 Albertans have added their name to the list. The process, either at the desk or online, involves signing off on a form where you specify what they can take and where it will go after you die. The form includes three options. You can choose to donate all eligible organs and tissues for transplantation or research. You can choose specific organs and tissues that can be donated. And you can select to donate your whole body for scientific research and medical education. So what happens if I choose to donate my whole body to science and medical research in Alberta? Where does it go? In Alberta, if you donate your whole body, it can only go to two places. The University of Alberta and the University of Calgary are the only institutions currently approved to operate body donation programs in the province. According to the Ministry of Health, 6% of people registered have also elected to donate their whole body to research. That works out to be around 11,000 people. I got a hold of John Bertram, the faculty member at the Cummings School of Medicine in charge of the body donation program at the University of Calgary. He says they've never received a cadaver through the provincial registration system. Bertram says when the registry system was launched a year and a half ago, the province not only neglected to consult with the only two institutions that accept body donations, they also neglected to inform them. The body donation program at the U of C only learned about the registry at license renewal when they got phone calls from confused donors. As soon as we found out about this confusion and the, and we tried to track how could how would a legitimate donation, how would that come through the program to either of the medical schools? And U of A, we've been working with U of A on this as well. They're equally as concerned. Um, the, the registration at that time, they wouldn't even talk to us. We had a very uh, great deal of difficulty. Uh, recently, they've been a little bit more open to discussing our concerns, etc. Now, nothing has changed so far, but at least they're uh, willing to, to hear what our problems are. John Cornelson is the Body Facilities Manager for Body Donations at the University of Calgary. He's on the front line of the issue as he coordinates with families of donors and has been personally on the receiving end of those confused phone calls. Matter of fact, we, we had people... Um that were registered with us, uh, everything was fine. They were um, aware of our pro- the way our program works, and uh, they had, you know, given all their information to their executors, and, and they thought that everything was, was fine. Then, like you, they went to the registry's office and were given this form, and uh, after looking at it, they phoned us, and they said, oh, are we no longer registered in your program? Have you made a change to your program, and now do we have to re-register? And uh, that's how we started finding out about this, um, about this form that uh, was turning into a nightmare for us. He says the form itself is misleading. The form at registration makes it look like you can select specific organs and tissues for research and others for transplant, but the universities only take whole body donations, and they are in no way affiliated with Alberta Health or the Provincial Registry. Cornelson is concerned the design of the form puts them at odds with live organ transplantation. Anytime that um, a family member calls us up and they're interested in both programs and when they find out that it has to be either or, um, we always tell them to actually donate their organs for for live transplantation uh, ahead of coming to our program because to save a life is more more important than than uh, education so we we are we're we're not in competition at all we we want them to go to the uh, Alberta organ and tissue donation first 
But then if they decline them, then then they're open and welcome to, to see if they qualify for our program. He says the UFC and the Alberta Organ and Tissue Donation Registry are two separate entities, and Albertans could be confused into thinking that if a body can't be used for transplant, it will be used for science. The university would like to see the form reworked and see the option for whole body donation removed completely. This past summer, the provincial government contacted the managers of body donation facilities at both schools. John Bertram says contact with the donor family is integral to the process and is more comprehensive than just a check mark and a signature. We would like the ambiguity of the website changed so that if somebody wants to donate to medical research and education specifically, in other words, the, what I would really call the whole body donation program, that they contact us directly so that we can explain how the system works, who's acceptable, who's not, why not, what conditions could happen to change things prior to the individual's death. But the forum has not changed since those consultations in the summer. When I contacted the Ministry of Health to inquire as to why the changes were taking so long, they declined an interview but pointed me to the Alberta Organ and Tissue Donation Registry Act. That's a piece of legislation. Within the act, the Alberta Organ and Tissue Donation Agency was created to bring together various donation agencies and oversee the provincial registry. The Ministry of Health provided a statement that says, following consultations with both universities, they're considering options given the requirements of the act. The ministry won't say what options they're considering. Requests for comment from the Organ and Tissue Donation Agency itself have gone unanswered. Back to the University of Calgary, John Bertram, the faculty member in charge of the program, says unless someone has signed up directly with one of the university programs, their wishes to be a donor have not and will not be fulfilled. They think they they uh, have taken care of everything, but they have not. And that's, that's a, a minor tragedy of the whole situation that we'd certainly like to rectify. We understand that the government has um, good intentions. It's just that the infrastructure appears not to be in place to actually do what they are intending to do. Wow, this is okay. So we're back in studio here with Andrea Montgomery. So uh, Andrea, um, as I'm understanding it, it's sort of like you can either donate organs or you can donate your body, but there's really no scenario where you can take my perfectly good liver uh, and then just take the rest of me, cart me off to the university for education. That's exactly it. The university only takes uh, full whole bodies because of the way that it's laid out for their education. They want new doctors to be working with uh, something whole. Now, I believe the confusion, obviously, with this registration form is the way that it's laid out, that it looks like you can say, hey, take my liver, and then if you actually don't need it, I can go to science. But these are two completely different Systems. The universities are the only two people that accept body donations or cadavers. And the Alberta Health and the provincial registration system that was set up, there's no connect there. There's no communication between them. There's no one facilitating that donation. All right, so let's get to the second part of this documentary because now we're getting into the question of what actually happens uh, to these bodies that are donated and successfully donated and what's the the benefit from having that available to to researchers and, and why maybe it's something people should consider. If I choose to donate my whole body to science in Alberta, where does it go? At the University of Calgary, John Bertram tells me that cadavers are used in three programs. The medical education program, in which new doctors work with cadavers as their first patients to learn anatomy. Specific scientific research and electives at the university. There's also a new facility. 
what we've got is a brand new provincial facility. I would like to call it a national or international uh, scale facility for surgical simulation using cadaver materials to train surgeons. And that facility, which has just opened in the last year, of course, requires cadavers for the surgical simulations. Uh, Surgeons in training, surgeons developing new up-to-the-day date, techniques, all of these sorts of things. Uh, This is really, really helping in the development of the quality of our uh, surgeons and physicians. While doctors in training have access to 3D renderings and interactive mannequins, Bertram says there's no better experience for people who will be fighting to save lives than learning on the real thing. The internal anatomy varies just as much as the external anatomy, and it's very important for our students to understand that. So looking at reality uh, at this point, maybe sometime in the future, it can be represented appropriately. But at this point, uh, there's nothing that I've seen that's able to get that same sort of understanding of the internal anatomy of an individual across. The other thing is, as I say, we use cadaver-based simulated surgeries. And again, there's nothing at the moment that can replace that. Adrian Tennant is a second-year medical student at the University of Calgary. Uh, yeah, usually the whole body is uh, is present, and it's prepared in a way that uh, you might uh, see like during a surgery, for example. A, a little bit more involved than that, but um, there'll be certain you know layers of tissues that are pulled away, and uh, so that you can see. So you actually do come in contact with an entire body uh, laying in front of you on a on a table, which um, can be unnerving at first. But you become very comfortable with it once you realize that uh, you are dealing with a, with a real person here that um, has just moved on to a different stage in their life. He echoes the notion that no textbook can replicate the variety of the human body. Sometimes the blood vessels uh, may not actually be the same, um, for example. that You might have uh, an organ fed by, by two different blood vessels, but in some individuals, one uh, might predominate, and you can see that based on the size or even the fact that the other one might, have, might even be missing altogether. He says repeated exposure to cadavers has helped him gain a familiarity with the human body, and he feels more comfortable with anatomy now. These are real human beings that have you know, families and loved ones that have allowed us this opportunity, and uh, we're not allowed to take any recordings, um, any electronic recordings, or, or talk about any of the findings um, outside of, um, outside of our, our medical school. And um, there's no identification in terms of uh, who each of these uh, people's names or, or ages or what they uh, uh, what the cause of death was. Manager of the program at the U of C, John Cornelson, says a common misconception about body donations is that people with diseases like cancer would make good candidates and help provide for research. Our primary focus here is to uh, to teach normal anatomy to our medical students. That's why you know this this body donation program uh, started. So to teach normal anatomy, you need as normal tissue as possible. And so somebody that has cancer, uh, especially if it's um, metastasized, uh, really changes the way the, the normal anatomy would appear in the body, and you just can't uh, you know meet meet the goal of what we're trying to achieve. He says the ideal candidate must meet a height and weight specification for safety's sake. A high BMI does not allow for proper long-term embalming, and the university can make use of a cadaver for up to six years. Manner of death can also disqualify a potential donor. Things like recent surgery, severe burns, autopsies, emaciation, major trauma, and suicide. When a body has uh, cancer 
or multiple surgeries. Uh, surgeries leave for a lot of adhesions, and it's very difficult to work um, when it, when everything is is adhesed together. It's just it, nothing looks the way it should look, and it it, it just uh, destroys you know the teaching value of, of what we're trying to to do. Bertram says the U of C receives about 60 cadavers a year and have around 8,000 donors signed up. But he says if those figures were tripled, it would make their training and research programs much more effective. So why is it that people choose to donate their bodies to science? Back at the front line, Cornelson explains what donors tell him. The biggest reason for donating to our program that, that we've been hearing is they've been helped so much by the healthcare they want to give something back. So it's their way of, of uh, thanking the healthcare industry um, by giving their body as as you know the last thing that they can do. They they appreciated all the work that was done by a surgery, um, research, and whatever else. That uh, this was their way of giving back. That that seems to be the um, the underlying reason for for most people. Bertram says pre-registration can help expedite the logistics of transport at time of death, but also helps provide support. More importantly, the family at this uh, critical time that's that's um, emotionally trying may not be prepared to deal with that aspect of their loved one's passing. Our staff are actually certified funeral directors, so they do that same role as well as manage our our uh, donation program and dealing with the very specifics of the way we um, embalm our cadavers and just distributing the material so that it gets most effective use within our system, those individuals act as certified funeral directors. When the remains are no longer useful for education or are requested to be returned by the family, they're cremated by the university. From there, they're returned to the family or interred at the university's plot at Queen's Park Cemetery. John Cornelson plans memorial service that's held every two years by the university to honour the donors, where several university clergymen of different denominations speak, along with students who personally extend their thanks to the families. Uh, it's a 45-minute service that's, yeah, that's, you know, the, the people that come are very, very touched, and uh, they... Um they're so thankful that they had they had chosen this this method of dealing with with their death. For more information on body donation programs, you can visit the University of Calgary and the University of Alberta websites. That's uh, Andrew Montgomery uh, answering the question: What happens to your body when you donate it to research and science? So, what's the moral of the story, though, Andrew? Well, as much as I got my answer or my answer to that question, I think uh, the important takeaway is to have a look at how the registration system seems to be broken because there's 11,000 people that have signed this form the same way I did. And if they haven't talked to the universities, it, it doesn't mean anything right now. Well, well, there you go. So, I mean, there's the question of whether people want to do this, but even uh, whether people can for those inclined to do so, thinking that, that they have, thinking that they've signed off on this and, and maybe they haven't. We're going to uh, pause now for the news to 11:30. Our thanks to Andrea Montgomery for that uh, interesting documentary. When we come back, we're going to hear from you. Open phone.